You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Here we are again. Um, are, we, are you expectant? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say uh, to uh, be vulnerable because last year was so on. It really was. I mean, it was the year to choose. I, I had the privilege of watching so many of you die to yourselves and the pain of that and the joy of that being resurrected. It's just been quite remarkable. And the new things, I mean, my goodness, the impact that, that that's had on my life and our relationships and our family and, uh, you know, us as a church has just been wonderful. So um, I have made the decision to Take that as a win, and we'll step forwards into what's happening today. This is one of the, my favorite messages that I get to give. It's just an absolute privilege, and it's so much uh, who we are as a church. I was thinking this morning about you know, my own uh, personal experience with the prophetic, and what came to mind was actually it's 20 years ago this year. I was part of a discipleship course, and it was a residential course, and it was the the guy who was teaching was called Lloyd and had a real track record in prophetic ministry. And uh, so you were always expectant when he was speaking just to see what he might say and because there was a track record. It's as much about the person that gives the word as what you're hearing, isn't it? And and at times as well, God will give you something through someone who's never prophesied before and has no experience at all. It's up to him as to how he does it. Anyway, it was the Christmas message. And uh, at one point in the message, he looked at the girl, the girl, we all knew each other quite well, and he said, uh, you need to go home and love on your mom. And that, in isolation, seems like nothing. Uh, little did we know two months later she'd be killed in a car crash. And the opportunity that was afforded to her uh, to repair, actually, and reconnect to a difficult relationship. Her mom had hurt her a lot. But I just remember that moment. And countless other circumstances where God's spoken something that seemed absolutely right but didn't make any sense uh, to the church that you're sitting in. 2011, Dennis said to me, I see a church and I see the church in you. I didn't see any church. I see it now, but I didn't see it then. So who we are as a church, we eagerly desire uh, spiritual gifts, especially that we might prophesy. So um, I want to say to you that uh, please feel free to take notes if that's a help, helpful process for you. I have not lent heavily on slides. Um, I'm playing to my strengths today, and I just want to speak to you and engage you, but I have got some slides for you. Uh, feel free to, as I said, take notes or take photographs, whatever uh, you'd like to do. If you'd like the notes from this message, just ask me. Hopefully the recording will record for this, and it'll be up online either later on today or in a couple of days' time. And if you want to talk about what I've said today, uh, please do that. Get in touch. We'll get a cup of coffee. We can do a FaceTime, whatever you want to do. I would love to exchange with you about that. So before we go to this year, let's look at last year. So what about last year? Was your testimony similar to mine? Did the, yeah, quit notes. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, anybody want to break the sound barrier? Has your life changed? Yeah, it was good. There were certainly new things that erupted in my life. Some of them was like, what? And others were, yeah. It's always a bit of both. It was the year to choose. We prophesied it was the year to choose who you want to be in 2023. For all of you who are waiting for another poetic line, it's not happening. Uh, the year to deal with entrenched issues hidden in the infrastructure of your life. 
the year of grace notes, and Andrew prophesied it was the year of new things, both thrilling and stretching. I want to uh, give testimony to that, which will happen as we go through. We need and must develop the skill of evaluating and assessing as to how well we participated with God in the year that is finished. Why do we need to develop that skill? Because we need to realize where we missed it and resisted God's activity in our lives, not in condemnation, in conviction. We need to mourn for it, learn from it, and posture yourselves. Don't do that again. That's the simple learning. We want to celebrate the wins and the victories and where we partnered with him, took the invitation, and uh, the prophetic words were manifest in our lives and equally own and mourn for where we missed it. You don't fail God's tests. You just get to sit them again and go around the mountain. It's far nicer to go up the mountain, but as one who's gone around the mountain several times, he's gracious and he's kind, but there is always a better way. So we don't dwell in the place and looking back, we visit, learn, and grow. Celebrate the victories, the wins. Realize that we do not miss it all the time. If your assessment is, I didn't get anything from last year, I would suggest that you're probably wrong and you're in error. You've had wins and you've had victories. Come and talk to me and I'll, I'll remind you of them. We want to realize that we haven't given up. If you're here, you're clearly still on the journey to receive confidence from God that we can and we will overcome if we remain. And often all God requires from us is to remain. Just remain. If you remain in him, you will bear fruit. Proverbs 3.26, for the Lord will be your confidence and he'll keep your foot from being caught. Philippians 4, 4, uh, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And John 15, 4, about remaining, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, produce evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. Okay, so if you haven't uh, thought back about last year, please take a, a bit of time to do that and then get your teeth into this year. So I want to give you a brief teaching as is our pattern every year when we give this message on the prophetic. So John Wimber, who was the founder of the Vineyard, which ended up being a movement, said that the prophetic is the supernatural ability to speak the mind of God by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the supernatural ability to speak the mind of God by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And why should we be after a prophetic sense of anything? Well, it's a biblical command. Yes, it's a command. And we at DCB seek to be a prophetic community. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially that you might prophesy. So there is a focus on the prophetic. And the Greek word uh, there for prophesy is prophetuo, I think it's how you pronounce it, which is forthtelling, giving and revealing the mind or message of God in a particular situation, and also foretelling, which is predicting the future as the Lord reveals it. That's part of who we are as believers. It's not new age. They nicked it from us, and it's a poor, phony imitation. Okay? This is our birthright. This is what God's given us. This is not fortune telling. This is forth telling under the direction of the Spirit of God. Are you in agreement? Okay. It's a byproduct of relationship. It's about remaining in Him. When we remain in Him, we bear fruit. 
Truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus said that the Son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the Father doing it. For whatever the Father does, the Son also does. John 5.19 is a key verse in this house. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And this is a great verse from the Old Testament, Amos 3.7. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. It's good stuff. Prophetic words require a response. They're an invitation from the Lord to us to participate with him in the manifestation of his kingdom. And there are three parts to any prophetic word. There's revelation, there's interpretation, and there's application. You all know that? Revelation, interpretation, and application. And our response to the prophetic word is our part. Our receipt and acceptance of the message that is delivered. We cannot make it happen. We just can't. I cannot make the things I'm going to tell you happen. Uh, That's God's job, but we can mess it up. So if somebody prophesies something to me, um, I'll always say, yes, it's good to receive that. I want to make a verbal uh, agreement with it. You think about the amount of rubbish that you make verbal agreement with. Well, we want to stop doing that, and we want to give our agreement to what the Lord sent to us. So, I know you're Northern Irish. You do do crowd participation quite well a lot of the time. Sometimes it's a wee bit awkward, but most of the time it's pretty good. So if you're in agreement with this, you can say, yeah, I like that. I'll have some of that. That's a good word. You can say whatever it is that you want to say, but please, uh, you can shake your handkerchiefs if you want to do that, rattle your jewelry, but just make some sort of personal agreement. And we give our prophetic sense in order that you might know what God is up to in the year ahead so that you might prepare for his activity. You can write these down. Prepare for his activity. Recognize his activity. Embrace his activity. Partner with him in the coming year and realize greater fruit of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So prepare, recognize, embrace, partner, and realize the fruit in your life. And it is absolutely imperative. And I, I added this in uh, onto the, the kind of the pre-teach uh, before the prophetic sense to this year. You've got to remember that we are people of conviction, not of condemnation. Got to. If you don't, it'll skew everything, okay? Continue to apply your mind matters. The filter of Philippians 4 verse 8. Recognize any crushing in your spirit. It's the voice of the enemy who deceives. Be aware of your thoughts. Hold them captive and make them obedient to Christ. That's all of your mind matters. It is our soul's default to attempt to lead and drive us to anxiety through the vehicle of catastrophizing and condemnation. Isn't it? And we are currently living in a pandemic of anxiety. And the virus is everywhere. And very few people recover. That's not your birthright. Jesus said, cast all of your anxiety on me. So if you've got anxiety, that's all right. Get rid of it. Don't hold on to it. It's not who you are. I wouldn't be saying I'm an anxious person. You can say, I struggle with anxiety at sometimes. Don't be labeling yourself. It's not who you are. Here's the truth. You ready? Jeremiah 29, 11. Anybody know what that one says? For I alone, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Okay? If you cheat on that one for the rest of your life, your perspective would change. 
and you would expect his goodness. Psalm 23, 6, anybody knew that one off by heart? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You are being hounded. It's not by the enemy. God's much faster, and he is much more like a terrier than the enemy ever will be, and it's by goodness and mercy. Psalm 84, 5 to 7. I'd be shocked, but does anybody know that one? Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which means weeping, they make it a place of springs. Even the autumn rain covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. It's good stuff. 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And I quoted this last week, Romans 8.28, And we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. And I heard this great quote this week, Dallas Willard, who Andrew and I would reference a lot, was asked by an interviewer one time, what um, word would you use to describe God? And he used the word relaxed. I thought that was brilliant. Relaxed. And you can even feel it. Like, I mean, if that's our God, he's relaxed. He's not relaxed because he doesn't care. He's at his ease. He's in control. He's not insecure. He has no lack. He's not panicked. He's not disturbed. And do you remember? Eyes on him. Whenever life goes, you know, when it all happens, eyes on him. He's relaxed. There's a way through. There's a way on. You've got this far. You will survive, but you can actually thrive. Okay, we're nearly there. And just want to say, uh, always say this, Andrew and I don't confer before we give our message. And I actually thought, I love going first because it just would be a bit of a nightmare because you would be tempted to look through the message if you have it down going, does it fit in any shape or form, does it? And tempted to change things. So anyway, here we go. Okay, so um, I prophesy to you that 2024 is the year of key change. Pete's going to pop that up on the, there you go. It's a year of key change, okay? And there are three aspects to key change. The first one would be that the Lord would affirm that this is the same song, that there's a lift and a shift in the key of the song, which will require adjustment to sing in the new key that the Lord will bring to your life allowing you to access the refreshing tone, new tone of the song. Thank you, love. <laughs> Number two, this year you will be given new keys to be able to unlock and access the doors in your life this year, both old and new. And then finally, it is a year of key change, significant change. Okay? So it's the year of key change. The Lord would affirm that it is the same song, that there is a lift and a shift in the key of the song, which will, will require adjustment to sing in the new key that the Lord will bring to your life, allowing you to access the refreshing new tone of the song. Second, this year you will be given new keys to be able to unlock and access the doors in your life this year, both old and new. And then finally, it is a year of key change being significant changes. So lift and shift, 
unlock and access and significant changes. And actually, I was uh, beforehand thinking, uh, could it be new keys to a door in 2024? You can have that if you want that, if you needed that. But we could get, get stuck in trying to get something around. So 2025 is year to thrive. Uh, so new keys to a door and a door in 2024. And I would normally say with every prophetic sense, there's elements of the previous year's prophetic sense in every year. So last year it was about uh, choose who you want to be. The year previous, I can't even remember the year previous to that. I remember one year being grace and balance. That's forever part of uh, who we are now. Uh, but I want to say that it is important this year that we embrace that this is the same song that the Lord is singing. He's just changing key. So think of songs where there's a key change. Key changes are rarely, if ever, negative in a song. In fact, it's like you shift up, shift up gear to all gusto to on you go towards the end of the song. Zephaniah 3.17, this is a beautiful verse. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. It's a song of discipleship and it's a song of love and we must continue to choose who we want to be just as it was last year. Now that section is the revelation, okay? The next section is uh, my interpretation of the revelation, which is also led by the Spirit. But you've got the revelation and then you've got the interpretation. So the first point I want to say is a key change, a lift and shift in the key of the same song, which will require adjustment to sing in the new key that the Lord will bring to your life, allowing you to access the refreshing new tone of the song. That's about perspective and attitude. The song is the lyrical flow of the activity in, of God's activity in your life. It has a tone to it. And last year, uh, my sense was it was about choosing to deal with issues hidden in the infrastructure of your life. The key change is a lifting and shifting of the tone in that process. It's a different part and place in the song. Last year, the call was to choose who you want to be, and clearly we saw who we didn't want to be. Would you agree? And no longer wanted to choose to be. And my interpretation of the key change is a refreshing lift and shift to a greater joy in choosing who we do actually want to be. The emphasis is shifting from no longer choosing who we were to recognizing that we are choosing who we are and are becoming. It's a shift in perspective. It's a lifting and a shifting. Thanks, love. And this year, you will be given new keys to be able to unlock and access in, uh, the doors in your life this year, both old and new. That's about activity. And it's about investment of personal resources. And the interpretation of the change in key is in the possession of what is needed to unlock and access areas in your life. And Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will, will go in and out and find pasture. And I just want to affirm that he is always the door of entry. That is never going to change. It is forever unlocked by what we remembered this morning, what he did in the sacrifice on the cross, so that we might have life in all its fullness for you and I to be able to access that. So I've got just different uh, personal stories to hopefully help you get a handle on this. And there's no rush. You want to take time and you want to let yourself get a handle and a grip on this so that you can own it. 
So in 2023, Claire and I chose to renovate our house. And one of the grace notes of the year in the renovation was in addition, and Claire had faith for this long before I did, because it was a lot of money, um, was that we were, uh, somebody graced us with the money to be able to do the exterior doors and windows of our house. And it's been pretty amazing. I had zero faith for it. Claire did, and they're there. So she was clearly right. We changed the front and back door of the house, and obviously they lock with a key. That key is different to the key that we had to the old door. The new key is part of having a new door that for us effectively opens to a new house. It's the same house, but we have changed most things around. We're much happier with it, and I find, like my grandmother, I can't wait to get home and get settled. Just really love being in that house. The door is heavier. It's more secure. It's triple glazed, and it is noticeably warmer. The house is noticeably warmer, which I'm absolutely loving. It's easier to... It's easier to lock and unlock, which actually, you know those things that are stones in your shoe that are really small things, but actually it's just lovely to know that you're not going to have to fight with the door every blooming time you have to lock it or open it. It's just really, really easy to do. It's a better door than the previous one, and it, it for us, I think for you too, Claire, is a symbol of the joy we find in work that we undertook to move the house from where it was to where it is now. And I actually prefer the new key. It was a lot of work to renovate the house, but now we no longer consider the work. Our perspective has shifted to the joy of living in the new house. Does that help? Okay. So it's still our house. It had a door. That key is no, I said, Anna, do you have a key for front? She said, of course I have a key. I said, no, you don't. You want to do? And I said, we have a different door. And she went, oh. <laughs> it's a new door, which requires a new key. And the benefits, hopefully you can hear me. It's warmer. It's more secure. It's easier to lock and unlock. It's a symbol of the change that has happened within the house. Some of our old keys are no longer fit for purpose. They no longer work because a change has occurred. The key words are unlock and access, and there's keys everywhere in this. The key to this is, the key to that is, I mean, you just can't get away from it. Keys of relationship, how we relate to the Lord, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to those in our family, uh, those who would be classed as enemies, those who are friends, those who are acquaintances. Those keys that have historically unlocked aspects of our having our per, um, perceived needs met, you're going to notice, I believe, that they're going to become redundant, which could be pretty frustrating. But if you let that frustration drive you to him, he will furnish you with the keys that you need to be able to unlock your actual needs rather than your just perceived ones. Keys of resource investment, such as time, finance, physical energy, i.e. like uh, sleep and exercise. And then it is a, key, a year of key changes, significant changes which are often very small but make a disproportionate difference. And that's about result or fruit that is produced. So you have attitude, you have activity, and you have result or fruit. 
Now, your soul may well likely hear uh, big or large when I say uh, key change, significant change, i.e. a lot of work. And for those of you who were waiting this year for, it's the year of ease and flow, people, you're going, <laughs> you mean I have more work to do? You may, but it may be very small shifts and changes. The most significant changes are often minimal. Consider the difference a, cha a change in the degree in the trajectory of a rocket mix and its final destination. So it can be simple, but significant and disproportionate key changes. Okay, are we doing good so far? Okay, good. Now, to application. This is the third stage in the process in which we seek to apply the revelation that we have interpretation for. We will have touched on elements of application as we've brought about the interpretation, and this is where we want to get our hands on it, accept the invitation, if you agree with it, because it's your decision as to whether you agree with this or not, and actually seek to partner with the Spirit as we assimilate the revelation into our lives. What will come are key changes, and as it is changed, it will require adjustment. Some adjustments require more work than others, and we as believers are instructed by Jesus to seek first the kingdom. Matthew 6, 33, once we've done that, everything else will come to us. If we miss that and go after what we perceive we need first, then often we find that there's lack. If we go after him, he is more than able to lead us into the abundance that he has for us. So it's the work of the kingdom to prioritize what the king of the kingdom is up to. Therefore, if he is bringing key change, we had better make the necessary adjustments. We don't get to say to him, uh, I don't believe that you're doing that because he will in absolute love go, that's not your decision to make. He establishes the song, the change in the song, the rhythm of the song, the words to sing. He may give you creative liberty, but you wait until he gives you creative liberty rather than taking it because it's not often fun whenever he says, I didn't ask you to do that, okay? There is no rush. Don't jump the gun. God will make it clear and is able to speak to you in a way that you understand what needs to be done or adjusted. So if there is any sense of anxiety going, I don't know whether I'll get what the keys are. What are the keys? What are the keys? What are the keys? What are the doors? What does it look like to have a key change? Oh, what's the significant change? Take a chill, pal. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. Good dads explain things well. They care for you. They'll correct your mistakes in a very gentle way, in a loving way. There's time. Okay? Relax. You're going to get there. Is there music playing there? It sounds like, is it? I was thinking, what am, am I hearing? What was that? Like the village people or something like that? Okay, so there's no rush. You've got to, you've got to avoid comparison. Don't go anywhere near comparison. We're all different. Your adjustment will likely not be the same as mine. And um, if, I, if I'm looking at you and you have to make serious adjustments to things that I don't need to adjust, I'll be like, everything's great, wonderful. Or um, if you have to make an adjustment to something and there's no adjustment required in my life, then I can get busy expending energy doing something that I actually don't need to do. Relax. God's more than able to uh, speak to you if you remain in relationship in Him. 
And the next point is that it's a call to relationship. God wants to be an intimate relationship with you. You've got to remain in him. If you don't, you won't bear any fruit. And change has a habit of uncovering our need for him because he knows what he's doing. And this is not frontier to him. It's not new to him. Howard Macy, uh, he wrote a book called Rhythms of the Inner Life. And he said, the spiritual life is always frontier. It's always undiscovered country. So it's good to have somebody with you who knows what the country's like. So this is frontier to us and it's not to him. He's a faithful guide and he knows what he's doing. So stay close. I also want to say this, and this is a negative thing, but it, it will not produce negative fruit if you stay in relationship with him. You're likely going to experience some discord in your life this year, which is actually incredibly helpful because if he has changed the key and you're continuing to sing in the old key, there's going to be discord. Not that us as a worship collective would ever miss the key. Sure, we wouldn't ever, never, never. And if you ever see my face, I have one of those faces that really betrays me as to what I'm thinking. Or as Claire would say to me quite often, we went to the cinema recently and uh, the guy told me that a small Coke was 480. And I was like, what? What? Claire just went, inner voice, inner voice, inner voice. So when there's discord, there's a, what? This is jarring. That jarring is incredibly helpful, and that jarring is to call you to recognize that the Lord is doing something new. It's the same song, but He's changed the key. So you need to make your adjustments. And when you do that, there's so much benefit to harmony. Harmony is a joy to be around. Relationally, harmony is a joy. Musically, harmony is just beautiful. Don't interpret discord as failure. It's not. It's just like a, a light on your dashboard going, you need to pay attention to this. Interpret it as correction so that you can sing with the Lord in the correct key, having the correct attitude and perspective. So I want to uh, give you another personal story. A, a key change for me this in the past year, and, and also right now, one of the advantages of this uh, you know, in giving this message is you're a little bit ahead of the curve to help you. It's really helpful for you if I own this to be able to communicate it, isn't it? There's nothing worse than me standing up here fumbling my way through it and you feel desperately insecure going, this guy has not got a clue about what he's talking about. So one of the key changes for me is, so this is real time, is occurring for me in regard to my perspective and attitude toward my finances. Now, I've talked to you about it before, but I have historically rejected the difficulty and the timing and means of the financial resources at my disposal, and I've grumbled about it. I've not experienced lack, but it frustrates the heck out of me because it often comes as it's needed rather than having a lovely big pot of money. It's not, we all think we've arrived when there's a large pot of money that we can draw from and just sort of scoop off the top. That's not been my experience. I am beginning to see it as a means of keeping me close to God, who is the source of all provision and giving me my daily bread and relying on him on a daily basis. My relationship with him is the stronger for needing to depend on him. As my perspective and attitude changes, that is a key change that unlocks everything. I'm much more at peace. Christmas this year was much more enjoyable because I'm not freaking out about the money that's being spent. 
It's a change in attitude and perspective, which brings about a change then in my actions and is a significant change in my life. Can you connect with that? The invitation to have a different perspective is beginning to change, change the tone of our finances. It's also provided us with keys to open new doors, uh, literal and figurative. I have a lovely uh, studio at the back of the house now for painting in. And also, uh, I dropped a day a week in school. If I was looking solely at finances, I would never have done either of those things. So my attitude has changed, my actions have changed, and it's a key change in my life because I can't take away the fact that I've made those changes because historically I had a poverty mindset, which was a better hold on to what I've got because I don't know when the next amount's going to come and I've been made redundant twice, so redundancies do occur. And, you know, it's a significant shift, a key change and a significant shift in the course of my life. Keys are going to change. This is for the better. You'll be given new keys to access and unlock doors old and new in your life. And then this morning, uh, as I was really getting my head around this, uh, the Lord showed me, this was really interesting, that some of the doors that he is leading us to are not opened by physical keys, but by your presence. Your physical presence. Some of these doors are policed by the enemy with the presence of fear to keep you away. You are the key, and it'll be a leap of faith to approach a door that has remained close to you. You all know doors like that. You know, I, uh, we went into Abbey Center yesterday, and if I'd never experienced it before, I would have gone, that door's closed. Why, why, why would they do that? That door's actually, I want to get it. <laughs> but because I've experienced it, I walk towards it. What happens when I walk towards it? I mean, it's very entertaining if they don't open and someone smacks against it, <laughs> unless you're the person who walks into the door. But in the natural, we are very familiar with doors that open by us as the key being our presence. Yes? Same in the Spirit. Now, some of those doors, as I said, have been policed by fear. Therefore, you've kept away because you're scared. And the Lord's saying, you're the key. So in saying that, you may go to him and say, okay, I, um, I really need the key for this. I really need the key for this. Where's the key? The Lord hasn't given me the key. You know, and there's a concept, relax, and I see what you did there. You're using that to justify your fear rather than actually going, okay, relaxing. I think this might be one of the doors. I think I might be the key. Because if you're going to ask the Lord for something different than, he's to, than what he's told you, he's not going to change. As I said, I've already told you what to do. So it is here to take courage and to walk towards doors that look like walls that are actually going to open because of your presence. And there's doors that haven't opened because you haven't taken the leap of faith. Don't hear any yeses, any amens to that one. I felt some, I think that's appropriate too. That's as much conviction that it's correct as somebody going, oh yes. So often he speaks to me and I'm going, is as much an agreement as anything else. So you're the key. It'll be a leap of faith to approach a door that has remained closed to you. And I offer to you that the reason it remained closed is not because you didn't have the key to unlock it, but because you are the key to unlock it.
keys are investments. They must be applied and used. And I've already made some suggestion of some keys that the Lord may change for the better. For the better. For the better. It's always for the better. Always, always. He's good. He's really good. He doesn't give out bad gifts. Keys of relationship, how we relate to him, how we speak about ourselves uh, and to others, which uh, may have historically unlocked aspects of having our perceived needs met. Keys of resource investment, time, finance, physical energy, sleep, exercise, dot, dot, dot. And here's your, your final personal story. Hope these are helpful for you. So um, I've gone to bed late and woken up early now for years. I'm in years. I just, uh, sometimes it was necessary. It certainly was necessary for a season, especially when we had young children. I mean, they just don't sleep. Isn't that right, Pete? And Aaron, does, your, does Joel sleep? Is he a good sleeper? He's good. You're the one of the annoying ones. Because I always met people like, oh, my child slept from three weeks old. <laughs> really? Anna was eight before she actually woke up past six. I said that to somebody last night, and they were like, eight, eight, eight. The youngest was two. So I have, uh, I got into a pattern, and I learned that I didn't need as much sleep. I actually knew that if I had five hours, I could survive. I would be a bit shaky and feel a bit sick, but I could actually survive. Six hours would be all right, as long as I had a dose in the middle of the day. But it became really, really clear that that was running out of road. Uh, it was for a time, um, and it it just was running out of road, and it came to a bit of a climax in Santa Clara, and he did justice. So really, we, this is very fresh. So three weeks ago, I started going to bed much earlier and sleeping longer. And I can't tell you. I mean, I actually wake up now like, well, good morning. And if I, I knew I was irritating before to Claire, you imagine what I'm going to be like now. Morning's here, the morning's here, sunshine. You remember the morning's here guy from Friends? Am I on my own? Have we got, not got a lot of morning people? Carrie's smiling, but I don't think you're a morning person, are you? Morning's here, the morning's here. I mean, it's just, and I also am finding it's half ten, people. It's time to get to bed. Claire's like, do you want to sit up? No. No, I don't. I'm starting to go to bed. And in actual fact, you've been the one staying up late. There's been a total another shift. I'm saying, night, love. You want to put the dog out? No problem. I am asleep and gone. Uh, comes to half ten, I'm getting tired. It's actually wonderful. And I'm finding that it has brought about this prioritizing because I, I'm not going to go past half ten unless somebody is bleeding profusely or desperately needs something. It's like that can wait until the morning. So it's really prioritizing what I do. I can either choose to do that or I can choose to do that. Or I can do a bit of that and a bit of that. But I'm not going to try and make it all happen because that's not what we're about anymore. And I'm all the better for it. It's brought self-awareness to me. It's brought uh, health and wholeness to me. And it's a significant change in my life. My attitude's changing in that I now want to go to bed earlier. Does, did these help you get a handle on this? It, it's, I mean, you think, so this year the Lord wants you to go to bed earlier so that you're better rested. It's just awful. I can believe he would ask me to do that. I'm right there now. It is fantastic. Would I go back? No, it hurts. It's not nice. Don't really like being tired. I was living in a state of tiredness pretty much for years. It's not great. Happy that we're here. Okay, this is the last bit. The enemy's strategy. Um, 2 Corinthians 2.11. To keep Satan from taking advantage of us, uh, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. 
1 Peter 5, 9-10, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. I also just want to give a nod. I appreciate that I'm a little bit longer today. Are you all doing okay? You're still with me? Okay, good. So in uh, reading those verses, it's important that we are aware that we're opposed. We should be living in that reality. The enemy hides his face behind people and events. They are not the real enemy. The real enemy is not flesh and blood, and we've got to keep that in mind or else we start uh, hating and having offense with the creatures rather than recognizing that we have an enemy who opposes us. The enemy will have to change strategies this year because what worked to distract, tempt, and resist you doesn't work anymore. So you need to be self-controlled and alert. You do not need to be afraid. You just need to be self-controlled and alert because the enemy will have to change tack. So just be aware of that. Stay accountable. When you're in accountable relationships, those relationships can help you see where the enemy might be repeatedly poking you. I realized, um, and it was in regard to finances, I was just feeling accused. And whenever I realized that it was accusation, it just disappeared because it lost its strength. The minute that it's accusation, I'm done. I'm not going to play with that anymore. So he has to change tack. He works in the shadows. The enemy uses uncertainty. You think about uh, whenever you've gone for a blood test of something um, and you maybe are concerned that it's something significant. The days between having the blood test and uh, receiving the results, uh, I would normally, you're tor- tormented unless you're working hard to keep your mind on him because the enemy uses and works in uncertainty. Okay? So just be aware that you're opposed. Okay, could I have the worship collective up, please? And I want us to make a response, but I do want to, to give you a bit of a summary. So this is the year of a key change or key changes, a lift and a shift in the same song. In fact, let me go back and just read exactly what I had written down so that we're really uh, hearing what it is the Lord wants to say. Okay, so three aspects to the change, year of key change with three aspects. Number one being the Lord would affirm that it is the same song. There is a lift and a shift in the key of the song, which will require adjustment to sing in the new key that the Lord will bring to your life, allowing you to access the refreshing new tone of the song. Then secondly, this year you'll be given new keys to be able to unlock and access the doors in your life this year, both old and new. And then finally, it is a year of key change which is significant changes. Okay, would you stand with me, please? So I prophesied to you it's a year of key change, and all that I've said, is that good? Yes. Yeah? Don't make agreement out of force or manipulation. Yeah. Um, encourage you to take time to listen to the message again to get in touch with me and I can fire the notes to you but really get your hands on it so we want to make a response to receive the prophetic word to own it and allow it to percolate and infiltrate our perspective and stance as we enter this new year so I want to ask you to come and join me now at the front 
um, if you're willing to accept that this is a year of key change and all that may occur in that. So come and join me now. We'll worship for a time. And I'm going to lead us in response. listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.